The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. From the Clark's Puppet Shop studio, welcome in to the Leach Report for a Tuesday. And we are going to talk UK sports with you for the next hour. Cats have a game tomorrow, but and it's against a team in red, as was originally scheduled. It's just not the one that was originally scheduled. Louisville's out. Western Kentucky Hilltoppers are in. John Calipari made that announcement on his radio show last night across the state. So we'll talk Kentucky basketball and uh, football today. Mike DeCourcy will join us. Uh, we're, uh, we have a pre-recorded show coming up on Friday for Christmas Eve, which is normally on Fridays when we have Mike on. So Mike's going to jump on with us today, talk about Kentucky's win over Carolina and uh, other college basketball topics. Larry Vaught will lead off the second half of the show. And Lee K. Howard from WKYT. Lee K. was up in South Bend covering the Kentucky game the previous Saturday, so we'll get his take on the uh, 180-degree difference in Kentucky's performances. Wildcat News of the Day, a service of Giuseppe's of Lexington. You can still get to Giuseppe's and pick up gift cards for holiday stocking stuffers. They will mail them out to you, but at this point, uh, I don't know if they'll they'll get there in time, so you might want to just swing by their new drive-up window and pick up a great Giuseppe's meal while you're doing that. Get uh, get a look at the menu by going to giuseppeslexington.com, and if you want to eat inside... Make a reservation. Live jazz music to accompany your meal every night at Giuseppe's. All right, Kentucky and Western Kentucky. And there will be a charitable component uh, still being worked out, but a charitable component from this game to benefit the tornado relief efforts in Western Kentucky. Uh, and so this seems like a good fit. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a team that hasn't played in Rupp Arena in 20 years. Uh, they haven't played anywhere since Kentucky beat Western on the way to the national championship in 2012. It's actually Mike Pratt and I's first broadcast was uh, Western's win over Kentucky in Lexington. Uh, Patrick Sparks played so well for the Toppers that day, and of course later became a Wildcat. Um, the game came about because Louisville had to go on a COVID pause, and so Kentucky was scrambling to find a game. And Cal talked a little bit about that uh, last night. They uh, he talked to Ohio State. They were even he said he was willing to do a home and home with the Buckeyes and go up to Columbus next season, but uh, they could not get that worked out uh, because Ohio State's you know, still dealing with its COVID situation. Uh, Gonzaga, he and Mark Few talked. Uh, this was a game that they were trying to put together last year after Kentucky lost the Texas game, and you just kind of get the feeling at some point. Uh, Cal and Mark Few are good friends that they'll get a game or a, probably be some kind of like a Gonzaga and Rupp, Kentucky and Seattle kind of deal. At some point, you feel that'll happen. Texas is somebody they talked to. Uh, Cal didn't mention Wisconsin, but there were reports that uh, that came close to being the, the, the choice. Um, I think it was an issue with the, uh, the Badgers couldn't play until Thursday. I think ESPN is a bowl game Thursday, so for the game to stay on ESPN, it was going to have to be on Wednesday. So, and Bellerman, uh, and uh, Cal t- said so they talked, he and Scotty Davenport talked, and uh, Scotty 
has his own radio show, and he said last night that uh, they couldn't work out the game, but that uh, Kentucky and Bellarmine are going to play next season in Lexington. As for Western Kentucky, uh, the toppers are 8-4 and four coming off a, a big win over Louisville. They also have a win over Ole Miss. Their losses came to uh, Minnesota, South Carolina, Memphis, and Buffalo. If you look at their stat profile, one of the, the things that jumps off the page is that they are top 10 in the country in block shot percentage. They have the country's tallest player. So um, this is going to be a, a fun matchup, I think, uh, given that it's a lot of tradition for the toppers. They Their fans have wanted to see their team uh, play Kentucky. They would obviously love to see a home-and-home. Home. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon, but uh, for this deal... You know, with what happened with the tornadoes, it's a great game to put together to help raise some money. And also, they can raise some money through the game, but uh, Cal and I were talking about this with the platform of a uh, national uh, television audience, and ESPN will no doubt do a lot of coverage of what happened in Western Kentucky as a part of the storyline to this game and other media outlets will do the same it will bring a lot of attention even more attention to what happened there sometimes you know with the passage of time uh, the uh, the attention fades and so then does the money and this will kind of refocus that attention on uh, the relief efforts for western kentucky and hopefully uh, get some even more money rolling in for those folks Will Levis, quarterback for the Wildcats, tweeted that he is going to return for a second season at Kentucky. I don't think this came as a surprise to anybody, but certainly uh, some news that makes Wildcat fans smile. And Josh Ali and Isaiah Epps were involved in a car accident, Liam Cohen reported yesterday. The injuries were not serious, but both are unable to recover enough to play in the Citrus Bowl. Uh, Isaiah Cummings talked to the media. He's good to go. He got shaken up in the Louisville game. and. I think was a, a I think fans probably thought was a question mark, so that was good to hear. So uh, Cohen said guys like Demarcus Harris and Chauncey Magwood will be called on to step up into uh, bigger roles in the bowl game. Links to the stories that we talk about can be found on the Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. We are heading to a break. Back with Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News on the Leach Report Radio Network, served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the Cats. 16 past the top of the hour. Mike DeCourcy joins us from SportingNews.com, the uh, Big Ten Network, and Fox Sports. Uh, And, Mike, let's start with what Kentucky did in dismantling North Carolina out in Las Vegas on Saturday. Um, How surprised were you, not by the win, but by the margin? Well, I was uh, absolutely surprised by the margin, uh, of course, but maybe more so surprised by coming off a game in which Savion uh, was was really struggled and and was jammed up so much that that he didn't face a similar defense for the most part. When he did, he did a nice job of taking it to what he felt was a comfortable range and making shots. I thought Carolina kind of came out and played their game, and and that was you know based on what you'd seen on film from just a week earlier, it seemed like they should have had uh, in their minds the idea of 
well, geez, I mean, Notre Dame's not a great defensive team, and look what they did with that scheme. We, maybe we ought to try that. Uh, you know, I, I, I realize it's early in the year to, to be playing game plan specific basketball, but uh, it worked for Notre Dame to a to a high degree in that game, and I, I would surprise they didn't at least show some some elements of that. And I would suspect we'll uh, see it perhaps as early as tomorrow night. <laughs> well, you know, uh, that's something that you know in in, uh, in their conference in, in Western Kentucky's conference that. Uh, that sort of basketball knocked them out of the NCAA tournament last year. Different scheme, but uh, the North Texas game plan was to sandwich uh, West Western's big guy, and and that and they they struggled, especially in the second half against that. It is a different Western team now. They're much more perimeter oriented than they were a year ago, but they still have some nice size, uh, just a, a little bit more mobile and nimble. Uh, and, you know, a little less powerful or a lot less powerful maybe at the center spot than they were a year ago. Uh, but, uh, Sharp is, you know, he's, he's long. He's, he's tall. Uh, he's very active. He can block a lot of shots. Uh, so he'll be a presence, but they're, a, they're a much better perimeter team. Uh, I thought they did a really nice job on Saturday against Louisville in, in speeding up the Cardinals and getting the Cardinals to play maybe faster than is ideal for them. And, you know, that would be, you know, Kentucky would welcome playing fast. So uh, it will be interesting to see what Coach Stansbury does in this game. Um, I think it's a good, a good game given the circumstance. You had to scramble to find an opponent. Uh, and they, you know, tried some uh, swings at, you know, Ohio State, Gonzaga, whatever. But with the Tornado situation, this is that's provides a, an interesting storyline to this. But also the fact that, you know, Western's got a great basketball tradition, too. Oh, wonderful basketball tradition. I mean, when I uh, became aware of college basketball uh, around 1970, 71, you had the Jim McDaniels teams. And Jim McDaniels was, uh, uh, when I wrote the book, um, it's been a while now, about the top 100 college basketball players of all time in 2003, Jim, Mac- Jim McDaniels was an automatic inclusion. And obviously that's not all there is uh, to Western's tradition. They have had, uh, great teams many times through the years. It, it, they had the, the, the terrific team that Darren Horn put together, uh, that knocked Drake out of the NCAA tournament. I think that was 2008, uh, with the play that ultimately, uh, won a national championship for Villanova in 2016. The exact same play, uh, that, you know, it, it won a, won a game for Western Kentucky in the first round, uh, and then came back and won a championship. Uh, for uh, for Villanova, so their their legacy in the game is very strong. The Hilltoppers. It's a great place to go watch a game if you ever get the opportunity uh, to see a game at Diddle Arena. It's it's a terrific atmosphere. They they are really into their team, uh, and they, like I said, uh, Coach Stansberry's put a really nice team together here. They've got a few transfers. They're being led in scoring by a young man named Jarris Hamilton, who play, started at Boston College, played last year at Maryland on a, on a very good team and is leading them in scoring and playing really well. Uh, they've got a couple of the guys that have played elsewhere. Uh, and they, they, they shoot a lot of threes. Uh, they don't make a lot. They don't make a high, high percentage. Uh, but they change the game with the way they play. I, they, they, you know, the percentage that they make, 33, they basically are a 33% shooting team right now. Uh, and that percentage uh, equates to 50%. Now, it, it, it also changes how you play offense and what rebounds you can get and all that. It's why most people think that you need to shoot closer to 
37 or 38 percent to feel like you're shooting well from three point range. But they're they're going to go and they're going to they're going to play fast and they're going to they're going to want to get the ball up uh, the floor and it'll be interesting to see how the Wildcats deal with that because I I, I you, you mentioned them wanting wanting to play fast I think the Wildcats are good in the open court uh, but that does put a little stress uh, up front uh, on Oscar uh, in terms of him having to you know get up and down so many times how much do you want to play him and maybe you want to dip into your bench a little bit more than is customary uh and can you get another effort like you did on saturday i I thought when oscar got into foul trouble lance Ware maybe played the best basketball of his kentucky career and and if you could get that out of him again uh on or on a regular basis uh then you don't have to worry quite as much about oscar being on the floor at every possible moment yeah, they can find other guys on this team that can score, even though Oscar is, is scoring at a high rate for them. If Lance could just come in and be the guy that can hold his ground in the low post, block a shot or two, and get defensive rebounds. Yeah, he was physical. He was aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, excuse me, Carolina has good big people. Uh, uh, they've got that. That's a that, so it, it wasn't like he came in and dominated little guys and 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 was physical because they were smaller. No, they. I mean, he he went up against big bodies. And, and held his own, and that's that to him. It that's a ticket to him playing double figure minutes every day. If he plays like he did on Saturday most of the time, he's playing double figure minutes most of the uh, in in most every game. Uh, and so that's that's kind of really uh, up to him in, in a lot of ways uh, because they're not asking him to do anything with the basketball other than not turn it over. You know, pull it down off the board, get it to somebody else. If you're right there, go ahead and lay it in. But they're not asking him to be a, a, a offensive presence. They're just asking him to be a physical player, an aggressive player, a player who who stands in there against physical punishment. Uh, some of that's hard because he's he's a lean guy, but uh, he can also use his quickness to go around players, uh, and and that, that's where aggression comes in. And maybe you know sometimes when we watch as a, uh, we watch as spectators or analysts, we watch athletes who aren't aggressive. You know, it's it's often perceived as uh, maybe a, a lack of taste for that kind of play, for lack of, of taste for physicality. Sometimes it's really just about the player not knowing where to be. And then once the player figures out where he's supposed to be and how he's supposed to get there, uh, then that aggression comes out. So it's really, it's not, it's just it's just understanding as much as anything. And that may be the point that Lance is reaching now. Talking with Mike DeCourcy, SportingNews.com, at TSN Mike on Twitter. We'll take a break, come back for uh, another segment in just a moment here on the Leach Report Radio Network. Forty-six past the top of the hour. We're talking with Mike DeCourcy from the Sporting News and Big Ten Network and Fox Sports. Let's talk a minute about Oscar Shibway, how well he's playing for Kentucky. Uh, I'd looked up going into this game Saturday. Hunter Dickinson and uh, Edie at Purdue both had zero offensive rebounds against the Carolina Bigs. Oscar had a, another good day on the boards and uh, uh, scoring as well. Uh, he's so confident now with his offensive game, taking those jumpers that he was turning down early at the Garden, made a move on Saturday where he twice kind of faked over to shoot over his left shoulder, pivoted back to his left hand to made a, make a pretty basket. Um, you saw him at West Virginia certainly for two seasons. Give me your take on his offensive evolution. 
Yeah, at, at West Virginia, honestly, he was he was he he, he wasn't. Uh, I, I hesitate to use the term statue because he wasn't immobile, but he was that kind of presence underneath the basket, and someone that you could not move. But also that he was sort of planted there. He he changed ends well, and he he moved well defensively to get the ball or to challenge shots or that sort of thing. Uh, but there wasn't a lot of variety to to the way he was played uh, and the way he played. Uh, what I saw on Saturday uh, from in in the Carolina game with the short jumpers is not something that I'd seen before. Now I didn't watch all of Oscar's games at West Virginia, but when I saw him play, I did not see that uh, that as a big part of who he was. As you know, as an offensive player, and that's honestly that is that is the open door to him being a a, a, a professional. That's what he needed to have to be a a coveted prospect uh, with his rebounding ability and his ability to move his feet defensively. Uh, if he can if he can contribute what he did Saturday uh, from an offensive standpoint, he becomes a really coveted prospect. And it opens up so much about what Kentucky can do offensively uh, because being able to drag him up to the high post means that the lane is open for, uh, for Savir to get to the, to the rim uh, and without having to worry about Oscar being creating traffic or the people who are drawn to defending Oscar or trying to box him out. Uh, so that, 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 that ability that he showed really changes uh, the way Kentucky is guarded. It just makes them a lot more difficult to defend uh, because Xavier is so good at getting past his guy and getting into the lane. And then when he gets to the, to that point where he has to make a decision, am I taking this all the way? Or, and, you know, he, but he has more options. Now he can drop it back to the foul line uh, and, and, and probably get an open shot for Oscar. He can kick it to the opposite corner. Uh, there, he just has a lot more different, or he can put it on the rim, obviously, which he did so many times in the, in the, against the Tar Heels. Uh, it's, it's so many more options for him. So it's, a, that's a great, uh, weapon that they more or less unveiled against the Tar Heels. Mike, we are coming up on the hard break at the bottom of the hour, so we will close it out there. Wish you a very happy holidays and, uh, talk to you next week. Oh, happy holidays to you. Merry Christmas to everybody in Kentucky and best of, best wishes to the people who were affected by the tornadoes. Thank you, Mike. Mike's Corsi, SportingNews.com. We'll be right back with Larry Ball. This is where the Big Blue Nation gathers. It's Talk Radio 1080 and the Leach Report, followed by Kentucky Sports Radio. From the Clark's Papa Shop Studio, it is the Leach Report. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington and Hamburg and Palomar as we welcome Larry Vaught to the program. A uh, couple of notes. Uh, Xavier Wheeler named SEC Player of the Week for his 26.8 assist effort against North Carolina. And last night, Reed Shepard went for 34, and North Laurel knocks off the top team in South Carolina, Dorman, 78-73. So it'll be North Laurel and Covington Catholic tonight in the finals of the King of the Bluegrass Tournament in Louisville. So, the future Wildcat, Reed Shepard, just adds to the lore. Larry? Yeah, he's uh, he, he's handled his commitment and the spotlight very, very well, which which is no surprise. And that was a really good win for North Laurel last night against a quality team. Now they get to play Covington Catholic. And I just think Reed will just keep 
being Reed. I mean, that's just what he did, what he does, and nothing really phases him. And he might get forty-five one night. The next night, he might have fifteen points, fourteen rebounds, and eleven assists. That's just how he plays. And if you get a chance to see him this year, I think he'll enjoy. Yeah, I think uh, there's maybe still some tickets available tonight if you're in the Louisville area for the uh, the King of the Bluegrass. But um, just look up the North Laurel schedule. There'll be opportunities around in your part of the world, Larry, in the 12th and 13th regions to see them play, I'm sure. Yeah, and, and the majority of their home games are streamed, so you can also sign up and, and, and watch them that way from the convenience of your home, which is kind of nice to do. Well, I'm guessing that you were kind of pleased to see who John Calipari came up with for this game on Wednesday. I absolutely been friends with uh, Rick Stansberry and his wife, Neil, for a long time. Same with one of his assistant coaches, Phil Cunningham, who's also a native Kentuckian. So I, I just never thought it would uh, would happen, but I'm I'm glad that it did. I think it, uh, this is a move that John Keller Perry made that I think, as he said, making the best of a bad situation when you lose the Louisville game. I think bringing in Western is a really good thing to do. I think it'll be a, a, I think it'll be a really good ball game too, Tom. Maybe a good basketball game. I watched Louisville, or Louisville and Western Saturday before the Kentucky game and, and Western impressed me. If they come out and shoot the way they did against Louisville in the first half, they'll really impress John Calipari too. Well, I guarantee you that's the, the message Cal will be selling to, uh, to his guys that uh, they're going to come in here and make, try to make 15 or 23s. And, uh, if they do, you know, we'll pat them on the, on the back and move on, you know, that, the whole normal shtick. But, uh, uh, it could happen. Yeah. I thought Cameron Justice might make 15 by himself, but hey, the way he started and <laughs> played that, that, that first half. But, but we've got good players being uh, sharp in the middle at seven fives and intriguing. Story and certainly gives you a different look when you come inside. He doesn't have the, the the body and the mass that that Oscar has, but it'll be an interesting matchup of how they play. And you know that Western's got to primarily play his own defense most of the time, so that means some guys are going to have to be able to to make some shots. If if you do, you'll probably have some decent success against them. If you don't, then you're going to have a long game. And, and kudos, I, I think, uh, to both of the coaches here. Um, number one for what they've they've done for the tornado relief effort, but in putting together this game, from Cal's standpoint, um, you know you will invite the storyline of you know Kentucky and Western should be playing more often, and uh, you know all all of that that uh, you know no no coach wants to to deal with any of those kinds of distractions, but they're they're part of the part of it. But you know he could have avoided that by not playing this game. Rick Stansbury would could have you know, held firm to say, no, we want to have a, a home game before we're going to, you know, agree to come to your place and just play there one time. And, uh, but there's a bigger cause of using this game to bring attention to what happened to Western Kentucky and draw some more money in. And so good for them. Yeah. Uh, I think exactly as you said, it's a, it's a good way to do it. I know John had reached out to some, to some other teams, but I think in the long run, what bring in Western is is best that, that you could do. And I think that's going to be a, a, an intriguing game. Now, that didn't surprise me that Rick said he'd come for one game because he's been pretty adamant on social media in the last few years that Kentucky had a, needed a game if they'd come up here and play. And that's just kind of the way that, that Rick is because he knows it's good for his program, win or lose. And he's not going to back down from anybody. And he, 
I think he's played Kentucky 17, 18 times in his coaching career and only has four or five wins, including this one at Rupp Arena. But I'm sure, just like me, you can remember a lot of games where they had a chance to beat Kentucky. And I can remember sitting in his coaching office with him and Phil Cunningham several times after Kentucky rallied to beat them in Mississippi State and just the frustration of how they let a win get away. And, of course, the SEC tournament game with DeMarcus Cousins and oh, yeah. John Wall, the tip in. So there's been a lot of terrific games involving Rick Stansberry and Kentucky. So I, I know he's excited to come up and, and, and play, and it's good for him. And maybe, just maybe, this could be the start of these two teams playing a little more often than ever so. 10 years. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a great game. It's a lot of great tradition at, at Western. I was talking a little bit about this with Mike DeCourcy, um, and uh, he mentioned the 71 team and uh, mentioned one of Darren Horn's teams. Ralph Willard had a really good team, and we were close to having Kentucky and Western in the Elite Eight in Charlotte in 93. Uh, That's right. Yeah. thinking Florida State maybe needed overtime to beat Western. I can't remember for sure, but uh, I think it was a close game. So you you very nearly had a Kentucky-Western Elite Eight match up there. And that 71 team, I think I'm right on this, There were it was five Kentuckians that uh, started for that Final Four team. I could remember, I was talking to somebody about this last night. In fact, I was telling Cal, I said I, there were five Kentucky guys that started. It was Jim McDaniels, I think it was Jerry Dunn, Jim Rose, Clarence Glover. I couldn't remember the fifth guy off the top of my head. Uh, no, me, McDaniel and, and Glover are the two that always jump out. Yeah. There, there weren't, two, there weren't, no, there wasn't another Rose, was there? I, I can't remember. Somebody but, will tell us uh, on social media, but, uh. Yeah, but, but it was a terrific game because I was a student at UK at the time. I can remember watching that game and I had a lot of friends from down in, in that area that told me how good Western was, but I, Western didn't get a lot of respect from the, the general Kentucky fan base going into that game, but they sure earned it in that game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, give me your take on uh, what you saw out of the Wildcats against North Carolina, uh, and what uh, how that might uh, factor into what we'll see moving forward. Well, I hope it factors in, just like what John said that it would. That they learned they have to play a little bit different. They just can't always pound it inside. They got to be able to space the court but more than anything. They just got to play with energy and effort. I mean, I thought both those things were just terrific. They played with, with so much pace of apply and I hope that continues to happen. Now, I, I admit, as I've said, I was pretty stunned with the way North Carolina tried to defend them and let Wheeler have his chance to get to the lane. And when he did, he didn't just go. He just kept going. And they never did anything to try to stop and really change him to stop him from going in there. I don't think we'll see other teams do that. I mean, I don't think Western's going to let Severe just get go to the lane at will against that zone. They're, they're going to put up, and so I still want to see what's going to happen when when that arrives. But at least just the energy and the passion that Kentucky had. If they if they play that way, the majority of games, I think they'll be in really good shape. Yeah, this could be uh, really interesting from from the standpoint of the way Western defends. They can clog up the driving lanes for Severe, and they got a seven five guy that Oscar's got to deal with. At you know. Six eight at best, and um, so uh, one would think on paper that you know this would be a game where they are going to need Kellen Grady and Davian Mintz and Ty Ty Washington to make some threes. Uh, absolutely, and I think to me this will probably now, other teams won't have a seven five guy, but I think a lot of SEC teams are going to be watching and are much more apt to maybe try to play. 
Kentucky the same way that what Western's going to play them and what North Carolina played, where you run up and down the court with them, play them man-to-man, and let them get inside and do what they need to there. I don't think a lot of other teams are going to allow that to happen. So this could be a really good test for Kentucky, coming up a game where you were able to run and execute and get a pace that you really, really like. Now you have to come down and maybe things aren't going to be as fast and you've got to be able to run an offense and execute an offense and show that you can make shots. So I think this is a, a really good opportunity for Kentucky to continue that momentum and show that they have made progress since that loss at Notre Dame. Larry, thank you for the time. Merry Christmas. You too, Tom. We'll take a break. Come back. Lee K. Howard from WKYT-TV will join us next. It is the Leach Report. We're served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington. We'll be right back. This is the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. You can interact with the show via Twitter at Leach Report. Now, here's Tom. 13 away from the top of the hour, we welcome in Lee K. Howard from WKYT-TV. K. was up in South Bend a week ago Saturday watching Kentucky fall to Notre Dame. Quite a different performance from the Wildcats this past Saturday. Um, from seeing them firsthand in the loss to Notre Dame to what you saw on Saturday, uh, Lee K., uh, what was, uh, what's your take on where Kentucky basketball is at the moment? Hey, Tom. Yeah, I think probably somewhere in the middle. Probably not as bad as everybody thought that they were uh, after the loss at Notre Dame and probably not the team that's going to blow everybody out uh, like they did against North Carolina. But it was certainly encouraging to see what they did against North Carolina um, bouncing back from a, from a tough loss. Uh, when you go on the road and, and kind of get embarrassed against the Notre Dame team that you probably should have beat pretty easily, uh, even though it was a road game, to see him bounce back very quickly was uh, was really impressive, especially when, and I said this a couple of times on our on our newscast, when you prepare for a different team all week long, game plan, uh, you know, you're ready to play Ohio State, and then the last minute it gets switched. So I guess credit the uh, the players for making that switch quickly, but also credit the coaching staff for, making the adjustments uh, that they needed to make. So, yeah, it's probably somewhere in the middle is where this team is, but certainly I know everybody feels better about the team than they did after the Notre Dame loss. Xavier uh, Wheeler, night and day difference from uh, what he did up at uh, South Bend to Saturday. And part of it was you know, mm-hmm. the way Notre Dame played him. And that can, and I think especially probably as an athlete, the first time you see something like that, it can really uh, get in your head. Yeah, maybe so, and, and maybe that goes back to the game planning aspect of it. Maybe, I mean, I'm sure North Carolina took a look at the Notre Dame game at least and, and the short notice that they had to face Kentucky, but I would have expected Notre Dame to play, excuse me, North Carolina to play Wheeler a little bit more like Notre Dame did. I mean, that was obviously an effective way to stop his penetration into the lane. You know, basically they took him out of the game, and it, in, you know, firsthand I saw, I mean, it, took Kentucky's offense completely out of rhythm without Wheeler being able to run the show. I mean, Cal didn't even have him in the game in the, in the closing minutes uh, of the game. And for him to go um, from basically doing nothing in South Bend to scoring 26 points and leading the way against North Carolina is, is just incredible. And part of that is the way that he played. And, and like you said, maybe the first time he's defended that way or sees something, you know, it's new to him. But I can I can only imagine, you know, every opponent beginning with Western is going to try to play Wheeler like Notre Dame did because it was obviously very effective. And 
completely took Kentucky's offense out of rhythm. Uh, Kentucky, we all figured, would be a better three-point shooting team with the guys that uh, Cal brought in. The uh, the game at Notre Dame, two of nineteen. But I think, you mm-hmm. know, as you said, they they got their offense out of sync from their quarterback having you know a day where Notre Dame got maybe inside his head or he was just off his game, whatever it was. And um, you know, Cal mentioned this in our pregame chat before Saturday's game that you know it can be contagious shooting. I don't know if there's any scientific explanation for that, but, you know, we all see it as uh, when you play sports, when momentum gets going for you or against you, it can be a powerful force. So now Kentucky goes out and makes 8 out of 15, uh, and coming back, if they have a another good three-point shooting game, which they're probably going to need against a Western team that plays zone, you know, if they mm-hmm. have another good one, then maybe at that point you kind of figure, okay, they're back on their back on the path now. Right. And, you know, we may look back at the Notre Dame game and just say this was the perfect storm of several things all going wrong in the same game. Um, Cal harped on defensive discipline, especially late there in the last few minutes of the Notre Dame game when, you know, they gave up several backdoor layups, one of them off of an inbounds play that I remember um, shooting two for 19 from the three-point line, something that you don't expect this team to do again. Um, just based on the personnel that they have on the roster and being out-rebounded by a Notre Dame team that didn't have the size that Kentucky has. So, you know, it may have just been a perfect storm of, of a couple of things going wrong uh, at the same time. But, you know, I think Cal and, and most people would hope that it, it was a wake-up call. And, um, you know, people will quickly forget about that loss if they continue to play like they did Saturday against North Carolina. And And like you mentioned, when you're playing a Western team that's going to zone you quite a bit, um, you're going to have to make some of those outside shots in order to make them respect that. And, you know, if you, Kentucky's always been good at, you know, rotating the ball one extra pass and getting the three. So if they can, if they can play well and shoot well on, on Wednesday, it'll set up to be a good, good result for the Wildcats. Who do you think has to make the, the most improvement for this Kentucky team uh, as it gets into conference play, you know, over these next couple of months? Uh, you know, I would like to see, and this isn't some you know crazy thought. I'm sure a lot of people think this. I would like to see a little bit more from the two freshmen, uh, Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins. We've we've seen quite a bit from Ty from Ty Ty, and we know he can do some things. But I think for them to be able to make a run, they're going to need a little bit more from those guys. I mean, and, and that's funny to say because this is one of the deepest teams Cal's had at Kentucky. He has enough players playing well right now that. You know, he's, you know, he's never had this many this deep since probably 2015. But especially when Oscar gets into foul trouble in a game or, you know, they, they need just some other big guys to come in and play. I, I think there's more that Damian Collins and Bryce Hopkins can give them. They don't have to be the leader of the team like he's seen in past years where the freshmen had to lead and had to play their very best for them to win. But it would be good to get a few, a few more minutes from each one of those guys, um, if nothing else, to give Oscar uh, a little bit more rest when he needs it. But those two are the two that I think um, can make the biggest leap and bounds. And we've seen it over years past where the, the freshmen make a big jump in December and they continue to get better and better. So I expect that to happen with those guys. And like I said, it's good that they don't have to rely on them to be the alpha dog on the team. They can just naturally let them get better and better and if they're playing, you know, substantially better by the time we get to March, 
then they can be very dangerous for this team. Lee K. Howard, WKYT-TV, thank you for the time. All right, thanks, Tom. Head to a break, and we'll come back and close out this edition of the Leach Report. We are served up by Wild Eggs of Lexington in Hamburg and in Palomar. And if you need a little fueling up for your last-minute Christmas shopping or post-Christmas shopping, no better place to get it than Wild Eggs. We'll be right back. From the Clark's Pump and Shop studio, return, refresh, and refuel at Clark's Pump and Shop. And there are about 70 of these around the bluegrass where you can return, refresh, and refuel. And at select Clark's Pump and Shop locations in Lexington, Georgetown, and the one on the way to Versailles, you can pick up a copy of uh, the new book Mike Pratt and I have out, Kentucky Basketball, Two Decades Behind the Scenes, about our 20 years of calling the U.K. games on the uh, U.K., radio network and uh, there are some of the bookstores that uh, uh, have sold out so we appreciate that response but if you do need one for a christmas present uh, i put this out on my facebook page and uh, and i think i have a post coming up on social media too on twitter that'll give you the the addresses of the clark's pump and shops that are carrying the book and so you can go in there and uh, ask them for a copy and uh, we're going to be signing copies today in louisville from one to three at Our Place Liquors on Poplar Level Road from 1 to 3 Eastern Time. So if you um, already have a book, you're welcome to bring it by and get it uh, personalized if you need that for a Christmas present. And we'll be uh, selling books as well, or credit only on this one, at the Our Place Liquors on Poplar Level Road, 1 to 3 Eastern Time today. Uh, a post from uh, John Robick's wife says he's no longer with Kentucky basketball. Uh, that note was part of a larger post of Robe's efforts to help the tornado victims, including loading his car up with bottles of water and driving them down there. Good guy, and uh, not surprised that he would uh, do something like that. Uh, happy uh, birthday, Eric Manuel, celebrating a birthday today. And in 2009, Kentucky beat Drexel for its 2,000th win. See you tomorrow on the Leach Report. Thanks for listening to The Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a show. And be sure to follow The Leach Report Facebook page.